You are listening to Informed Decisions Podcast with Christine and Becca, where we feed you all of the information and facts you need to make your own informed decisions. Hey, I'm Christine. And I'm Becca. And today we are going to talk about the movie Vaxxed from Cover-Up to Catastrophe. Yes. All right. So, um, Becca, what was your reaction to the movie? Your initial, like, initial reaction? Oh, gosh. That's, um, I really only have one word for my initial reaction, and that is I was numb. Oh, okay. Like, I just couldn't. <laughs> I thought like, you were going to say shook. <laughs> Oh, I should. That is my signature. We, I was shook. We, we have to edit this out. <laughs> I'm not. Christine, what was your initial reaction? Um, okay. Uh, my reaction was honestly, so it was just shock that I kept seeing this, you know, 17-year tenured scientist at CDC say all this stuff. And then everyone else kept backing it up with story after story. And I was like, how is this even real? Right. That was my after. That was not my first reaction, but like my fourth. (laughs) It's it's pretty dramatic. So, yeah, it's. It is. It's something that I definitely believe every parent has to see for sure. All right. So let's just jump right into it. Um, So the movie came out in 2016. Um, You might have actually heard about it when it was taken from the Tribeca Film Festival. They wouldn't show it. Even though the Tribeca co-founder, Robert De Niro, um, he pushed that, but they just told him, nope, sorry, we don't care if you're the co-founder of this music festival or the film festival, we can't show it. Um, He was actually on the Today Show in an interview, and he said, now this is quote-unquote what he says, My intent in screening this film was to provide an opportunity for conversation around an issue that is deeply personal to me and my family. And then he encourages every parent to watch the film, of course. So Robert De Niro actually has an autistic son. So that's why this is super personal to him and his family, because they relate to it. Uh, Names that are actually brought up a lot in the movie... Um, You'll hear CDC, Brian Hooker, Del Bigtree, William Thompson, and Andrew Wakefield. So we'll start out with CDC. So a lot of you know, but in case you don't, they are the Centers for (laughs) Disease Control and Prevention. I'm tongue-tied. Um, they are 
a federal agency under the Department of Health and Human Services. And basically, they control the introduction and spread of infections, diseases, and all that great stuff. And then they also help with other nations in controlling that stuff also. So that's CDC. And then you have Brian, or excuse me, Dr. Brian Hooker. Um, he is, I be, isn't he the first one that you see on the film? So I think whenever it initially starts, it's besides Dr. The Thompson news. writing this letter to Dale Bigtree about how um, the CDC can't be trusted. And, um, oh, okay, okay. So, okay, well then, Dr. Brian Hooker, he is actually a chemist and biologist at Simpson University. Um, he, throughout the film, he is the main point of contact for Dr. Thompson and everything that he reveals. Um, he actually has an autistic son. So, once again, this is actually a personal um, I don't know how to describe it. It's very deeply personal to him and his family. Just like Robert De Niro. And I saw where Brian Hooker stated that he initially in 2015, maybe, tried to contact Dr. Thompson. Um, well, he contacted the CDC on some stuff that looked kind of sketchy on what he had researched on vaccines after his son had developed autism and all this kind of stuff. And he was given Dr. Thompson as a point of contact. Well, he kept kind of going after Thompson and like, hey, I don't understand this. Hey, this doesn't look good. So he got a letter from the CDC and their legal team stating that he could no longer speak to Thompson. Now, this is before the MMR study that Thompson was a part of ever came to fruition yeah like ever ever even started um and then after um is when thompson starts to call hooker and he's like man i I gotta i gotta talk to you now yeah yeah so um with that being said dr william thompson He actually was a former CDC senior scientist, and he was actually the senior scientist during the MMR and autism study that occurred. Um, And then also, Dr. Andrew Wakefield, um, he was, or I guess you could say he still is, a gastroenterologist. Um. I'm saying I'm a lot, so (laughs) I apologize for that. (laughs) But Big Pharma actually orchestrated a lot of the destruction of his career because of what um, he studied and then what he published in regards to the MMR vaccine, which Christine won't go over that later. He actually is accused of starting the whole anti-vax movement also, which I thought was interesting. So, 
All right. So Del Bigtree, he is an investigative medical journalist. He's a producer on a talk show, The Doctors, which that is actually a good show. And he is also the CEO, or I guess you could say he is Informed Consent Action Network, which is ICANN. So I can actually just beat the CDC. So you probably heard about that, but we'll go over that in another episode, maybe. All right. So those are your main peeps. Um, so now on to so, the movie details. Uh, when you first start watching Vaxxed, you hear Dale Bigtree reading out loud an email that he received from Dr. Thompson. Dr. Thompson, once again, is that CDC scientist. He was, at this point in his career, had a 17-year tenure and was one of the head scientists at the CDC. Um, It starts with one of the main lines that stuck out to me was, we lied. The CDC cannot be trusted for safety. Um, And this all comes from a study that Dr. Thompson did with four other individuals on a relation of the MMR vaccine to autism. Um, A lot of people get kind of hot and bothered when autism and vaccines get brought up, but it is from this very movie and these, these individuals, Dr. Thompson, Dr. Wakefield. um, In the 1990s, Dr. Wakefield uh, was contacted by a parent and they said, Hey, I think there's an issue between autism and MMR. And he's like, uh, okay, I think you have the wrong number. And she's like, no, my son has terrible GI issues. And he developed all of this in regressive autism after his MMR shot. And Thompson's like, what? And they're like, yes, none of the doctors will take us seriously. Well, at the time, Dr. Thompson, I mean, Dr. Wakefield was a gastroenterologist specialist. So, he listens to this parent's concerns and he's like, we're going to look into this. So he gets another um, couple of doctors and scientists to look into this correlation of GI um, issues, gastrointestinal issues and autism along with um, the vaccine. So, On his team of this study is John Walker Smith, who is the leading, the world's leading pediatric GI specialist at the time. Um, What ended up happening was Wakefield came out with this study. He came out with this, um, all of this info and data on the link between intestinal inflammation and autism. Um, His paper that everyone threw a fit, the CDC, pharma, media, the British Medical Journal um, called him a fraud. His paper never even said that that MMR caused autism. Um, It said it specifically did not conclude a relation. So the um, Dr. Wakefield was then you know, kind of given the responsibility of, all right, man, you got to step up and tell us, you know, if you're going to say you think this happens, well, what do you recommend? What are you going to recommend to the public when you say that you found these 
findings, you know, that need to be paid attention to. And he was like, well, so they had this big meeting and I mean, like national meeting, it was um, on TV and all this kind of stuff. And they asked some parent asked, so what do you suggest about the MMR vaccine? And he said, I cannot in good conscience recommend the MMR vaccine, but I do not think that we do not need to vaccinate for the measles. He said that we need to do the single measles vaccine, but just, you know, take the MMR, kind of pause that, do some more research on it, keep vaccinating for the measles individually, um, but do some more studying on the MMR. So then what happened? They... Then the European and American government withdrew the option for the single-use vaccine. And Wakefield was like, what are you doing? You know, if you want us, if we're worried about the children's health, why are we not giving parents an option to do the healthier option? And he was told by the head of the vaccine program, um, if we allow a parent the parent's choice, this will dis- de- destroy our MMR program. So, pretty much, he was told, we have to protect the program over protecting kids. And Wakefield was blown away. Not only was he blown away, his career was tanked by pharmaceutical companies and media. They went so far as to try and remove his license, his medical licensure, um, strip him of any any awards, anything that he had ever received, all because he just found something that was peculiar looking and tried to bring it to people's attention. He found something that was a little questionable and tried to bring it to the attention um, of the government and, you know, health officials in Europe and then brought it over to America as well. Um, What the biggest relations were in his findings were GI issues, the use of antibiotics And the MMR given on time, so between 12 and 18 months. Um, He found that this was the highest percentage, the biggest risk factors for developing regressive autism. Um, And so that was Wakefield, you know, in the in the mid 90s, in the mid mid to late 90s. This wasn't even in 2000. And so then comes the story of Dr. Thompson and Dr. Hooker. Um, Hooker's son developed autism. He was a perfectly normally developing boy. And then at, I want to say 15 months, um, he took his son in and two weeks after his shots, he lost all language, all eye contact, a ton of muscle tone and usage. You know, he was very limp. Um, anytime you went to pick him up, he had zero interaction. Um, and so that's when Dr. Hooker started doing his own research and then started contacting the CDC. They gave him Dr. Thompson to discuss this with. Um, and then eventually, whenever Hooker didn't back off, the legal counsel from the CDC contacted him and said, you're not allowed to talk to Dr. Thompson anymore. All right. So fast forward to twenty. Um, 15, I think 2017, maybe I think it was 2015. 
Thompson calls Hooker and he's like, all right, I have to be honest with you. I have um, a ton of guilt because I have been a problem. I have been a part of this problem in our government for some time now. Um, and he starts to tell Dr. Hooker about this study that the CDC did and committed fraud on. Um, so he tells Hooker, he's like, I want you, he was like, I can't just straight send you this data. He was like, I don't want you to look up the study. Studies give us conclusions and assumptions and things called relative risk, which is whether the numbers show if it's significant or not. Well, it depends on how you pull those numbers, whether those numbers are legitimate or not, if that makes sense. He was like, so what are you, what are you going to ask for? And he was like, well, I want to, Dr. Hooker was like, well, I want to request a couple of studies on thimerosal, which is, you know, the mercury in vaccines, which has pretty much been phased out, but it used to be a huge, big ordeal and a big problem. Thank goodness for anti-vaxxers or, you know, questioners of vaccines because they started, you know, calling attention to it. And that's when they decided to take it out because they were like, oh, people are complaining about this. Maybe people are getting injured. Then they took thimerosal out. So thank you to those people who question science. Anyways, that was a little bit of a rabbit hole. So come back to Hooker and Thompson on the phone. And Thompson's like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. You can request that. But I want you to request the MMR autism study data. And he's like, yeah. And And Thompson's like, yes. I want you to request the data specifically. Well, so whenever Hooker starts making these requests, he comes to find out that Thompson is the one preparing all the paperwork. Thompson had found a loophole. He could not send this information directly to Hooker. It would have been illegal. So he had to contact Hooker on the outside and say, hey, I need you to do a citizen's request for this information. So then Hooker obtains all the information that Thompson has kind of told him to request. So he starts creating an, um, what you would call a analysis plan. And he puts this analysis plan together and he implements the data into the plan. Um, and so then what ends up happening is <laughs> he starts seeing all of these huge issues, these big bad numbers. And he's like calling Thompson and he's like, okay, what's going on? You know, the average um, African-American male is at a 3.36 relative risk. Relative risk um, doesn't, doesn't explain itself very well. It's not just flat numbers. That's a, an assumption of numbers kind of not an assumption but a a conclusion of numbers so it tells you you know okay well you're three times three and a half times more likely to have this happen to you if you're an african-american male so pretty much um he was reading one part of the study said that if you're an african-american male and you get your mmr on time you're at least three and a half times more likely to develop autism. That was the first um, 
big thing. And whenever he called Thompson to tell him, hey, this is what I'm reading, Thompson was like, oh, you've found it. Thompson knew this was going on. And he's like, what do you mean I found it? And he's like, I need someone to see this. I, I, I need this brought out. He was like, right now, this study was supposed to take six months and it's going on four years in development because of the results that you are seeing. He said they're trying to manipulate the analysis plan to make it look not so bad. And he's like, what do you mean? And so he keeps going through the data and through the data. And um, let's see. So what they did was they got data from, from the state of Georgia. What they used was this certain group of kids. They used two different sources to get their records. They used school records, public school records, and then their birth certificates. Um, only half of the kids had birth certificates. So the first deviation... Okay, so let me back up real quick. Committing fraud on a scientific study is to deviate from the analysis plan. You come up with this plan, you come up with this idea of a study, before you even gather the data, you come up with how you're going to organize it. You're set on it, it's put in place, it's solid. Well, whenever they implemented the data into this analysis plan, they saw the damning details and they were paralyzed. So what they did, their first deviation from the analysis plan was to say, okay, we're not going to use all these kids. We're only going to use the ones with birth certificates. Okay, what we're going to do is drop this from using two sources to one. So that brought the number of kids in the study down from 3,000 to around 1,800. So the relative risk then goes from 3.6 to 1.8. It made it no longer statistically significant. And if you have seen anything that I have posted lately or you have talked to me recently, you know my freaking soapbox on the term statistically significant. It's because they can manipulate the data to make it look that way. This is exactly what they did. They decreased the number of kids, so it changed the way the numbers truly came out to be. That is how the CDC committed fraud on the MMR to autism study. Um, there's a interview, a very short little segment on this Dr. Um, Mon Montague, Montague, I don't know, and... He won, he won a Nobel Peace Prize. <laughs> He's a virologist. He discovered AIDS. And he says the link to vac from vaccines to autism interaction is a big problem. He said this fraud ranks very high in his opinion. And he is disappointed in the CDC. Um, also, what ends up happening is there's another little interview of this woman who used to be a sales rep for Merck. She sold Vioxx and she said what ended up happening was um, they manipulated the data for Vioxx and found that Vioxx was actually in the placebo group, I mean not in the placebo group causing twice the amount of strokes and heart attacks than the placebo group. So the people that were taking Vioxx, she said but they manipulated it to read not statistically significant she said the numbers, whenever you come into the vaccine um, 
business, because that's what it is, is a business. She said, if you can get one vaccine added to the schedule, you're looking at a $30 billion profit in one year if it's added to the CDC schedule. Um, Also, another reason that um, vaccines are not as safe as most medicinal pharmaceutical products, they do not have the same testing. Any other pharmaceutical product on the market goes through double-blind placebo studies, safety studies, it's pre-trial testing, um, pre-licensure testing. Um, But since vaccines are a public health measure, they do not have to go through that. Their pre-licensure testing is on rats and four-day trials. It's not human testing. The human testing is is an observation test that is pretty much whoever gets it in the first year that comes out is the experiment. They are the observations. And no one is given informed consent on these vaccines. So to be a part of a true experiment, you have to have informed consent and you have to sign for that. So anyone who has gotten a new vaccine in the last 10 years, in the first year of licensure, is the experiment. You are the safety study. But they don't tell you that. Um, sorry, that was another rabbit hole. So Dr. Thompson was on this on this study. Well, whenever they get paralyzed by all of these results, they're like, oh, we got to change this. We got to change this. And he's like, whoa, what are you talking about? And um, he's like, no, what do you mean we need to? We're, we can't deviate from the analysis plan. That's illegal. Um, they didn't care. So what ended up happening was this study that was supposed to take six months, they gathered the data, they had it ready, they had the analysis plan. It was ready, but it was so damning that it took four years for them to reconfigure the study to where it was not a relative risk. It was not statistically significant. They could show the world that here, we have done this study, and it shows, it proves that autism is not related to vaccines it's not related to the mmr here's our proof it took four years for them to manipulate the initial study um to make it not look so bad pretty much so also on the movie there is a psychologist she um said she started in 1978 and in 1978 one in fifteen thousand children had autism she said she worked at the only facility on the West Coast that even um, that even catered to autistic children. She said, you know, you've got five factors that um, qualify you to be on the autism spectrum disorder. She goes through those factors. Um, and then she starts to speak to what could be causing this massive increase in autistic children. She And she's like, you know, asking the parents for um, their medicinal history, their, like, what medications they've had, what surgeries they've had, what sicknesses they've had. And um, they, she said, she saw a few things that just kept coming up and coming up. One was the use of antibiotics. Two was the common complaint of our we went to go get our kids that first MMR at, you know, 14 months, 15 months, 16 months, 17 months, 18 months. And um, 
they were perfectly normal, and then they began to regress. Um, and so what actually is the scariest part of this study is that um, it speaks to isolated autism, which this is not an one isolated event. Isolated autism is whenever a child who is perfectly healthy, has zero health concerns, has zero comorbidities, regresses after a certain time into developmentally delayed autism. So let me just break this down to you real quick. In this study, it shows, (laughs) this is terrible, Um, isolated autism, all healthy children, 100% of healthy children have a seven to eight times greater risk of developing autism if they get their MMR on time. That is a 760% increase risk. Healthy children. These are not children that already have issues. Another interview is by this woman who is like super genius. She's a research scientist at MIT. She has her bachelor's in science, PhD in electrical engineering, and has been studying autism for eight years after her best friend, her, her best friend's child developed autism after their MMR. She said, I started, you know, studying it and she saw something called exponential growth. That's a scientific term that just pretty much shows a vertical trend. So vertical trend is just a straight lineup. It is an extremely, um, extreme curve. There's, it's not, you know, gradual. It is an extreme vertical trend. And she did the calculation that by, if we do not slow down at the rate that we are going right now with our autism diagnosis, if we do not slow down by the year 2032, 80% of boys will be on the autism spectrum and 50% of children. So one in two will have isolated autism if we do not slow down what we're doing right now. This, um... Another little interview, that psychologist that I was talking about who in 19, you know, stated the 1978 numbers and said that she had been working with children with autism, you know, for so long. She said that she found if she was able to continue working with these children and able to keep them from having toxins injected, then they would continue to progress. But the children who continue to be vaccinated or continue to have toxins injected or administered never fully progressed. They never got better. But whenever parents would change their diet and stop vaccinating, these kids got better and better. Not that they were healed, you know, completely, not at all, but they got better. They were therapied. They were cleanse and she said what she's seeing is that children are not able to detox from these vaccines they're given so quickly so many at a time that their bodies aren't able to detoxify what's coming into them um, and that's what's hurting the brain and the, the, the organs that we need um, that we really need to function um, and then one other big 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 part of this movie is the Tommies this is a, a woman and a man who had a son um, in England and they took him for his MMR vaccine and she had kind of been told, you know, this was right around the time that Wakefield was coming out with his stuff. 
she had been told like I think you might want to wait and she was like no if this vaccine wasn't safe they would my doctor would have called me and said you know don't come in this isn't safe we've got to do some more testing she said but he didn't do that you're just listening to rumors and she went and she got him his MMR he had been on antibiotics um, because he had had all of his other shots he had been on antibiotics on and off and on and off but he was still fully functional you know primarily healthy um and she went in to get the MMR and within hours he started seizing and convulsing and he stopped breathing and he developed this huge rash and this really high fever and they took him to the emergency room and um she said they never once told me that it could have been a reaction to the vaccine um she said it was a reaction to medicines or this or that and um she said I was never told to question any vaccine she said I was and um so they had a friend who was on a media network there. And after weeks and weeks and weeks and months and months of fighting all of this, all of these issues, um, the friend was like, you need to do a, you need to do a program on it and just see if there's anyone else out there like you. So the Tommies go on and they film this episode telling their story. And within two weeks, they received 250,000 emails of people claiming the same exact story. 250,000 claiming the same thing happened to their kids. This is not a small number. Um, and the stories kept coming in. Antibiotics, shots, diarrhea, fever, head banging, lethargy. It was over and over and over the same exact story. Child after child, life change after life change, devastation after devastation. So they created a magazine called The Autism File. Within four months, they had 45,000 prescribers. Um, I mean, subscribers, sorry, <laughs> subscribers. The whole thing that Dale comes into is um, Thompson, I don't think Thompson actually contacts Dale directly. I think it was Hooker. I'm not really positive on that. Um, I was trying to watch it today to remember everything with my kids. And, you know, they're two and one. So you get where I'm coming from. Um, regardless, <laughs> one of them contacted Dale and was like, there's some sketchy stuff going on. We need to let the public know about it. Um, and Dell was like, oh, yeah, I'm sure it'll come through on the show. You know, he was a big producer of it. You know, he was a huge journalist. Like, oh, oh yeah, it'll come through. When it does, well, I'll contact you. Well, weeks go by. Nothing. Nothing. Nowhere. No, no radios. No talk shows. No news media. No nothing. And he's like, what is going on? And so he starts doing the research on this he gets with hooker he gets with wakefield he gets with billy um not billy tommy but billy tommy's mom and dad and listens to their story and they all create this movie that we are talking about now which is vaxxed um Del starts asking questions and having shows about you know what's really going on and he you know, quits his producing job with the doctors and he starts doing his own independent research, which led us to where we are today with the movie Vaxxed and now Vaxxed 2. Dale travels all the way, uh, all around the country 
fighting for individual states whose government are trying to take their vaccine rights. Um, we are located in Mississippi. He was just here, uh, what, two Tuesdays ago or last Tuesday? Yeah. Um, helping us fight for our religious vaccine exemption. Um, at this point now, only 40 states have it. But as a before last year, before the measles outbreak in New York, um, 2019, 47 other states have religious exemptions. Mississippi was one of the three that does not. Um, now California and New York have lost theirs. Um, Maine just lost theirs. New Jersey tried to um, tried to abolish theirs, um, but thousands of parents stood up and said, "No, you're not going to take our rights from us." And the parents won that. Um, so as far as the vaxxed movie goes, this movie just shows you the science. It shows you the story of the doctors. I mean, you can sit there and see the writing. It shows you the pictures of the study. It shows you the numbers. Um, and it gives you the story in detail from a human perspective, um, working with it. So I greatly encourage you all to watch it. Um, I encourage you to Look at the science. Do not just listen to conclusions. Do not just listen to opinions. You look at the numbers for yourself and see how you feel about them. If you're comfortable, go on your way and keep doing what you're doing. I'll support you. If you're not, if you have questions, let me and Becca know. Let anyone on our page know. Bring it to our attention and we'll, we'll do the researching with you. We're not going to do it all for you. Um, because then you're just listening to our opinion and our conclusion. And that's exactly what I'm telling you not to do. Right. Um, I want to do it with you <laughs> so that you see for yourself. Do your research. So that you see, and if you need help researching, let us know. Um, but start with this movie. It's a great movie. It's got a lot of personal stories that are going to grab your attention and, you know, pull on the heartstrings. And a lot of Provax people don't like that, that it has that emotional response. But, that's part of that's part of this problem is the devastation that families are experiencing and it, it can't be ignored. It can't be ignored. It can't just be a numbers problem. This is a personal problem that, that our entire country and many more are experiencing. Um, so that's, I think, maybe all I have. Yep, that is everything we needed to cover for this episode, so we hope you all enjoyed. Bye! We hope that you enjoyed listening to today's episode. If you have any questions, concerns, information, and facts, or just want to share your own story, please send it to informeddecisionspodcast at gmail.com. As always, we love and appreciate all of our listeners and supporters. You guys rock!